It's time for Al's Useless Hollywood Facts. The stars of our show, Jeff and Corey, discuss Hollywood fact, legend, and myth. And now it's time for the show. As we review the teen movies of our past, many of us... Of a certain age. ...reminisce about the beautifully crafted dramas of the 1980s. From the movies that taught us to ditch school, crash our friend's car, and humiliate our principal... Oh, yeah. To the movies that taught us to start a revolution against a Russian invasion beneath the banner of a high school mascot. Wolverines! And who can forget those 80s movies that taught us being trapped in Saturday school detention was the only psychotherapy available to an upper middle class white kid at Shermer High School in Shermer, Illinois. Ah, the 80s. What a time to be a teenager. But this evening, we're gonna leave those movies on the rental store shelves where we found them. And instead, we're gonna pull out our pogs, strap on our inline skates, and head down to the nearest blockbuster video to discuss Al's useless Hollywood facts, 90s teen movies. The 90s were chock full of teen comedies, dramas, horror movies, dramedies, parodies of horror movies, often starring the same people who starred in the original movie that was being parodied, and yes, we're talking to you, Shannon Elizabeth and Ron Lester. R.I.P. Ron Lester. When we talk about 90s teen movies, we have to ask ourselves, what sets these movies apart from the teen movies of all other generations? Before we look into the 90s and all their wonderful and salacious content, let's take a look back at some of the teen movies in the decades that paved the way. First stop, the teen films of the 70s. During this era, Hollywood saw its first rapid increase of filmmakers who were coming out of film schools. Even though the first film school was open at USC in the 1920s, it was never a requirement that filmmakers learn the art of filmmaking. That would change during the 60s and 70s. During the 70s, movies that were demographically marketed to teenagers didn't start off as teen movies. Movies that we now think of as teen movies were typically low-budget horror films or screwball comedies. Teens would end up seeing them based on placement and double features, or due to cheaper marketing campaigns from the lower-budgeted productions that saw ad placements in lesser publications like the National Lampoon magazine, which catered to a younger audience. Movies such as The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Porky's, Animal House, Meatballs, and Halloween developed formulas that future teen dramas would expand upon, including a dynamic yet unknown teenage cast guerrilla filmmaking, as well as a writer-director filming style. The 80s had some very basic themes that ran through every teen movie. The underlying theme to run through every 80s movie was the superficial commercialism of Reaganomics. Marty McFly's life improves in the end of Back to the Future because he comes back home to a nice truck he's always wanted. Ferris Bueller's life is so tough because his sister got a car and all he got was a computer. In Weird Science, Gary and Wyatt create Lisa, played by the tantalizing Kelly LeBrock. And the first thing she does is create brand new expensive suits and give them three new beautiful cars, but not just any cars, a Porsche, a 59 Cadillac, and a Ferrari. The second main theme was a brooding sense of the frustrations of teenage life that undercuts the laughs with the long sighs of adolescence. Alexa, please play John Hughes movies. Once we get to the 90s, there's a striking similarity between each movie. 
It is understandable that most of the teen dramedies of the 80s have a similar vibe because many of the most successful movies of the 80s were written by the same guy or guys and or have the same actors. Less than 10 years later, however, the 90s would see different writers create the same type of movie with different actors and produce very similar products. Teen movies in the 90s can be described in three ways. Teen Romeo and Juliet, teen horror, or dick in a pie. The type of movie we will be discussing tonight is the teen Romeo and Juliet, or Dawson's Creek remakes classic literature. In 1992, the rap duo Kid and Play was no longer selling records. Their form of rap was no longer on the cutting edge of the hip hop scene. Similar to Ice Cube, they did successfully, if only for a short time, cross over into acting. Released in 1990, House Party was the duo's first successful release, which forced two sequels. During the making of the House Party sequels, Christopher Reed and Christopher Martin made a comedy that was to be a retelling of Mark Twain's The Prince and the Pauper. Though a critical disaster, Class Act would make $11.1 million at the box office and be the first in a long line of 90s films to follow this formula, a modern retelling of an old literary classic. One of the 90s of 90s movies, starring Alicia Silverstone, Paul Rudd, and Brittany Murphy, Clueless was released in July of 1995. With a budget of $20 million, Clueless would double that, making more than $56 million at the box office. The character of Cher, played by Alicia Silverstone, was warm and likable, despite the fact that she ends up with the love interest that's her ex-stepbrother. Al's useless fact within a fact, there are so many adaptations of Shakespearean and other classic scripts in Hollywood at this time that the character of Cher even references one of them while trying to look smart to her ex-brother in the movie. She quotes the Mel Gibson version of Hamlet, which was released five years prior in 1990. Well, as with all the 90s movies we'll be discussing tonight, Clueless is a reinterpretation of a classic literary work. Amy Heckerling, the writer of Clueless, adapted the script from a famous 1815 Jane Austen novel, Emma. Corey, wasn't that novel made into a movie less than one year later with the starring role played by Gwyneth Paltrow? Why, yes, it was, Jeff. Yes, it was. In 1996, Leonardo DiCaprio and Claire Danes attempted, some say unsuccessfully, to bring William Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet to the big screen in this Baz Luhrmann adaptation that modernized the tale. We will leave our opinions to ourselves and let the movie speak for itself. But this movie is total trash. Good or not, this movie was an epic release and had an incredible impact on pop culture. Prior to this movie, Claire Danes was just the girl from My So-Called Life. And Leonardo DiCaprio was just the kid banging Mrs. Seaver. Writers in the late 90s decided that the only good script was an old script, a script that had already been written and could be adapted. In 1999 alone, four major studio releases, all from different writers, were released as reimagined adaptations of classic literature. 10 Things I Hate About You was released as a retelling of William Shakespeare's Taming of the Shrew. Cruel Intentions was released as a retelling of Dangerous Liaisons, or however you say it in its original French title. Dangerous Liaisons. Something like that. The 1999 movie, and oh, how I love this movie, Election, with Reese Witherspoon and Matthew Broderick, is an adaptation of Tom O'Parada. Is that how you say it? I don't know. 
is an <laughs> cool. <laughs> yeah, give give me the literary person that I don't know. <laughs> but you love election, dude. I do love election. Um, with Reese Witherspoon and Matthew Broderick is an adaptation of Tom Parada's book of the same name. Drive Me Crazy with Adrian Grenier and Melissa Joan Hart is an adaptation of the book I Created My Perfect Prom Date. Just like all Hollywood trends, this would continue until a movie using this adaptation formula would come along and flop. And that movie would start with just one letter, O. And O did it flop. The movie O, starring Julia Stiles, Mackay Pfeiffer, and Josh Hartnett, was a dark retelling of William Shakespeare's Othello. But unlike the other movies mentioned on this show, it was not successful. It followed the formula with one exception. It was not as lighthearted as the other films. It was very dark in theme with, spoiler alert, Odin, played by Mackay Pfeiffer, killing Desi, played by Julia Stiles, a movie about a black high school student killing his white girlfriend because he believes she cheated on him, just didn't play off at the box office. Oh, the 90s, the 90s. <laughs> we still have the great movies like Hackers and Biodome. Uh, and don't forget Varsity Blues. Oh, Varsity Blues. Oh, wait, wait. American Pie. American Pie 2. No, that one sucked. <laughs> um, the first one was and, great. Though. And what, what else was in the 90s? Oh, oh, She's All That? Do you know, oh, wait, 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 wait. Empire Records. Empire and Records? And Confused. Dazed and, yes. Yes. And um, the other one that's like Empire Records, but without all of the cool team oh, wait, hangouts, wait, wait. but Dude. it's in a radio station. Airheads. Airheads. Fuck, I forgot about Airheads. Hey, what about our favorite movie, man? The Craft. Ooh, The Craft. That Me. takes teen horror to a whole nother level where it's kind of just broody teen dramedy. Exactly. <laughs> With very little horror. <laughs> that concludes Al's Useless Hollywood Facts, 90s adaptations of classic literature. Corey, why don't you take us out? Uh, thanks for listening to this episode of Al's Useless Hollywood Facts. If you like what you heard, please hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening to your podcast and uh, like and subscribe. Uh, I already said subscribe. And uh, like and comment and leave a review. Give us a, a you know a handful of stars and, and leave a comment that uh, could be good, could be bad, but just leave the stars. That's all that really matters. Um, follow us on social media. On Twitter, we're at Switch Envelope. And on Instagram, we're at Switch The Envelope. Or you can go to Switch The Envelope for all your podcast needs. But most importantly, to you on your on your mountain hike if you're you know hanging out drinking a light beer in your shower because shower beers while you're listening to this podcast we appreciate you but we need your help please tell a friend share the show um you know recommend us to people randomly on the street we appreciate every one of you uh getting the word out and and spreading the love and um, you know, someday we'll have you know, like merch and stuff to give you uh, for free for doing cool things on the internet. <laughs> yeah. But until that day comes, just because we love you and you love us, tell a friend. We'll appreciate it. Thank you. And until next time, we'll see you later, Switches. Al's Useless Hollywood Facts was written and researched by Jeff and Corey. 
Produced by Riff Laugh Productions. Mixed and edited by some dude in a garage. The following is a Riff Laugh Production.